You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today's guest I'm so excited about because I stalked her on Pinterest until I finally got to connect with her in real life. Her name is Becky Moffitt. She's the founder of The Organized CEO with an aim at helping entrepreneurial spirited individuals escape the nine to five life by gaining clarity and confidence through organizing their business. She gave up her engineering career to pursue her passions as an online business owner and has since then been able to scale her business and help other businesses streamline their processes, boost efficiency, and stay organized. So Becky, I'm so grateful that you can be on because I struggle with organization in my business and I know a lot of other people do and it's so important, you know, basically stay organized. So yeah, thank you. Kind of familiar with who you are and what you do, but for the listeners, can you share your backstory? Because I know it's actually pretty interesting. Like you were working in corporate, right? You had your engineering career, then you were teaching in Korea. Like I would love for you to paint a picture of kind of your journey. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You know, I just grew up always being told I should be an engineer, so that's what I did. Got a degree in civil engineering. I thought that was, you know, just the thing you do. You get a job, you climb the corporate ladder. I worked for the government for about six years, and I was miserable. (laughs) I just, I hated it. Like, all the things I had ever wanted came true, and I was miserable. And so I had an opportunity for an internship in software development. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's it. That's it. I chose the wrong path. I just need a different career and it'll be fine. And I tried that and I was still miserable, even though the job was wonderful. And so I realized the problem wasn't the work I was doing, but it was the lack of freedom I had. And that corporate office cubicle life, it didn't work for me. It didn't align with who I was. So I gave it all up. I moved to Korea to teach English for a year. Uh, I just thought, you know, if I do this bold, crazy thing, maybe it'll change this trajectory that I've put myself on, and I can just kind of start over. So while I was in Korea, I had a lot of free time. You know, there's not much social life when you can't speak the language, right? So I started a side hustle as a virtual assistant. I'd wanted an online business or a blog or something for years. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Here's this opportunity I have. I'm going to take this time, and I'm going to go for it and see what happens. And it worked. And so I came home. I started my business full time and I am never going back to that mess. Do you find that your trip to Korea did in fact change your entire perspective in life and everything? Yes and no. I think part of what changed my perspective is looking inward. Like I just had to spend some time like sitting alone and quiet with myself. And, you know, what did I really want? I kind of pursued what other people told me I should want, you know, what society tells us, what our parents, our friends, whatever. But I had to figure out what I really wanted. And yeah, getting out of the country, moving to Korea, like just having a complete change. I mean, it really just kind of stopped life for me. So I had a chance to start over and try something new. And I think that really helped. Yeah. I think that's why so many people are quitting too, because COVID put life on hold. So you actually had time to be with yourself versus before where you're just like so caught up in the bullshit and the busyness. Yeah. I think it's that leap of faith, taking that bold move and trying something new can just really like jumpstart you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you have any backlash from like your friends, family, colleagues about doing this bold thing of moving to another country? 
Yeah, everybody thought I was crazy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had support too, but yeah, a lot of people thought I was crazy. Some people were panicked. They thought I was moving to like North Korea and they were worried I was going to get blown up or whatever. But, like South Korea is like a super safe country. It was wonderful. Yeah, there was a lot of that, but I, I did have some support. Some friends were very supportive and they'd send me care packages, you know, with American items I loved that I couldn't get in Korea and things like that. That's so cool, though. I've always wanted to spend extended time overseas somewhere, especially like in a country you have no, you don't even speak the language, right? That's its own set of barriers and boundaries, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It's something I'd always wanted to do, too, was to live abroad. I love to travel, but I'd never spent a lot of time somewhere else, especially somewhere where they didn't speak English. And so it was an interesting challenge. It also taught me a lot that you know, I can do hard shit. That's one of my mantras. Like, I can do hard shit. I can think back on that time in Korea and I can be like, I used to go and do my banking and not be able to talk to the person. Like, we just mimed and found forms that had English on them and made it work. So That's still awesome, though. Honestly, it's inspiring for a lot of women who, I mean, men too, but mostly women, right? Because there's this fear of if you travel alone, that's very dangerous, right? You can't do it. It's like ever since the movie Taken came out with Liam Neeson, my parents <laughs> have it ingrained in their brain that I'm just going to be like taken and I'm going to be off the face of the earth. But you fucking did the thing. You did the damn thing and you said, I'm doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And it was totally worth it. So cool. So I want to get, you know, to the actual business stuff. So, right, you started your virtual assistant business when you were in Korea, but- what was the transition like on becoming the organized CEO, right? How did you decide on your business when you first started? I'm sure you're multi-passionate, like you have engineering, you have teaching, you have all these different backgrounds. So why specifically this? Yeah, I'm like a list person because I'm a giant nerd. So I'm always making lists. And so you see all these places, you know, you're trying to figure out what career you want to do, or whatever. And they tell you, write down the things you're passionate about. So I had like 20 lists of you know, different times I'd written down what I was passionate about. And then I can't even remember where I saw it, but they taught me to make a list of things you love about your job and things you hate about your job. So I tried that and I did it for all the jobs I've ever had. So all the way back to college when I worked retail, you know, my engineering jobs, my job in Korea. And the things that kept coming up on my lists were computers and technology. So that aligned really easily with online business and organizing. And I kept thinking, you know, I could be like a professional organizer. I could go in people's homes and do their closets and stuff. But then I would remember, hey, I'm an introvert. Like that doesn't align with who I am. I don't want to go into people's homes and work with them all day. While I would love organizing their closets, uh, the people thing is not right for me. As a VA, one of the things I found I was doing a lot was organizing their businesses. And even sometimes we didn't call it organizing. It was like, hey, can you clean up, streamline, automate, whatever. But I just kind of started putting the pieces together that, hey, I could make business organizing a business. Like, we can make this happen. That's how it came about. The thing, too, that I'm finding is when you're in the corporate structure, it's very easy to stay somewhat organized, right? Because they have processes in place. They've been doing it for years. Like everything's ingrained in the business. So you're not really told, figure it out yourself. It's like, here are our standard operating procedures and you need to follow it. So when you have a CEO or someone who's new in business, they're kind of like, holy shit, not only do you have to juggle multiple hats, right? Be the salesperson, be marketing, be graphic design, all of that. But you also have to stay organized and come up with your own practices and efficient procedures and shit. And you're like, I have no idea. Like there's so much going on. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. When I worked as an engineer, there were tons of processes and procedures we had to follow. You know, everything from safety to paperwork. When you start your own business, nobody's telling you to do that stuff. So you've got to figure it out. What are some of the benefits of organization? Like, why does it matter if your business is organized or not? Especially for people who are just starting. Like, they're just trying to get shit out, right? They're just trying to figure out their niche or post on social media. But why should they start with organization in their business? Yeah, so it's 100% possible to build a really successful business and be disorganized. Like, tons of people have done it. It's fine. You can do it if you want to. But it's going to save you a ton of time and money if you stay organized. You're going to be able to scale faster. And there's this quote from one of the popular home organizers, Peter Walsh, I really like. It says, clutter is not the stuff on your floor. It's anything that stands between you and the life you want to be living. So when it comes to our businesses, we're building this because we have this dream that we're trying to build and grow and build around these lives we want to live, right? Not these lives we're being forced to live in the corporate world. And so I just I love that quote because it tells us, you know, our businesses don't have to be these chaotic, messy things. We can simplify it and make it really basic. And your business will actually grow faster if you do that. And you'll feel a lot more confident if you have your processes in place, if you have your systems in place. When you get a new client, for example, if you're a service provider, you'll know exactly what to do with that client. You're not going to be freaking out. Oh, how do I get them a contract? How do I get an invoice? You're going to know. And so you're just going to feel more confident in your business and with yourself. Do you find that there's a grace period between people who just start in business and actually getting organized? Because I could judge myself for not being organized, but I also know how important it is. So is there some sort of in-between that's like, okay, or does it really depend on what your goals are? Yeah, absolutely. Because organization is going to look different for everybody. Because I'm a giant nerd, I'm an obsessive organizer, it's going to look way different for me than it is for like an artsy, creative type person who needs less structure or they're not going to be able to function properly. If I try to put them in the boxes that I put myself in, their business is going to just explode. It's not going to function and be aligned with them. So yeah, especially when you're starting out, you've got time. You need to figure out what your business is about and get those foundation pieces. And organization will come as you're growing the business. Yeah. And the great thing too is there are people like you who have like templates and stuff who can actually guide people in the right direction. Speaking of like templates and tools, do you have anything that you would recommend that's like easily accessible for people, whether it's, you know, if it's free or paid? Between the free and paid tools, what would you recommend? Yeah. So one of the things I love is most of the online tools that are super popular have a free version that makes it really easy for beginner solopreneurs to get started. So some of my favorite free ones, I know you found me through my Trello templates. I love Trello. It's great for people who are visual. So it'll help you just store information and you can do project management with it, all kinds of things. And a few of the other big project management tools are Asana and ClickUp. Those are both fantastic. I highly recommend Asana for people who are just getting started and ClickUp's a little more for people who have a team because it has a lot more features and stuff. All of those you can get on a free trial. It's great to use. And then there's some other tools that are very basic. Everybody needs, you need something to manage your passwords because you're going to have a ton of them and you want them to be secure because this is your business. You want to protect it. So something like LastPass is great for that. And I still use the free version of LastPass for my business. You don't have to pay for these things or spend a lot of money to start your business. Some of the paid tools I love, when you're paying for a tool, you want it to be a tool that's making you money. 
I recommend paying for your email marketing tool, something like ConvertKit. If you're just getting started, Flowdesk is also a really nice tool, I think. You create really pretty emails with Flowdesk. And then the other places you're making money, if you're a service provider, it's going to be bringing in clients. So you want nice client onboarding. You can use something like Dubsado or HoneyBook, and they both have free trials, so you can test them out. And then if you're doing more like a digital product or something, or you want to have a store, then you've got tools for that also. And I do recommend paid tools. You know, that's where your money's coming in. You want to make sure you have a good system. So something like Teachable for courses or Thrivecart if you need a cart for people. Or you can have a Shopify store, things like that. Um, So yeah, if you're going to spend money, make it on the things that are earning you money. But there are plenty of free tools that you don't have to spend money on. Yeah, I've noticed that Yes, there's place for free tools, but man, does it make your life easier when you just pay for them. For the ones that you're actually using every single day, like there's a reason why it's a paid, you know, you get out of the trial and you get into the paid version because it does what it's supposed to do, which is streamline things, automate processes and make you look legit as fuck, honestly. (laughs) Yes, it does. Yeah. So it's good to start with the free stuff and like figure out what works for you and really like put the pieces together. And then once you've decided on a tool, yeah, then upgrade and get the paid version because it will make your life easier. Yeah. So now that we're speaking on tools, you know, and continuing that conversation, what are like standard operating procedures, like SOPs? Like what does an SOP look like for a new business? And what about businesses looking to scale? Because, right, when we look at corporate, they have such thick procedures and it's like so outlined and like, that's great, but sometimes that almost puts you in a box. But obviously, like you said, with organization, like SOPs are also really, really important. Mm -hmm. They are really important. So if somebody doesn't know what an SOP is, it stands for Standard Operating Procedure. And it's really just a document that's like a step-by-step process you use to complete a recurring task. So it may be a document you have that you write your email newsletter every week. And it just keeps you consistent, makes it easy. And it helps you, like, if you get a team, you can pass off that task to them. So it's really important if you're going to try to scale a business. And some people might call SOPs workflows or processes. Like, it's all the same thing. In the corporate world, it can be like this giant, hideous thing that's so complicated and boring and miserable. But in the online world, we have so much more freedom. And it doesn't have to be some crazy, ugly document, right? It can be a simple checklist. If checklists work for you, then great. Like, make some checklists. You can put them in a program like Trello and duplicate your checklist every time and make it happen. I don't want people to get scared when they hear the word SOP. It doesn't have to be this awful thing. Basically, we just want this process that's repeatable so that we can have consistent results. We can build our reputation because we're delivering consistent results and we can make it easy to scale our business and hire people. So for SOPs, is it more so use so that when we're ready to scale and hire someone, it's easy to train? Or is it more so when we need to return to the step-by-step guides, even to remind us what we do for clients or social media or, you know, email campaigns, we just return to it? Like, what's the point of having an SLP so early in the business process? Yeah. So if you're early in the business process, you're probably not looking at hiring anybody yet, right? You want to make sure you're making enough money to pay yourself first. So what the SOPs are good for when you're first getting started is processes that are more complicated. So let's say like yesterday I was working on one for writing a blog post 
you know, it seems really simple to write a blog post, but there's a ton of steps that go into it. All the keywords and formatting and making it look the same across your website and the images and sharing it. What are all the places where I share it? And it can be easy to miss those steps. And then your business is not as consistent and, you know, you're not going to get the same results every time. So you really want that process to be repeatable and you don't want to have to remember all of this stuff in your head. You've got too much going on as a CEO. So just put it on paper, checklist or a document. I use Google Docs, whatever works. And it just takes some of the pressure off of you and makes your life a little easier when you're getting started. Yeah. I'm wondering, just in general, with your experience of working with CEOs, founders, right, new business owners are just helping people get organized. Do you have any common mistakes that you can share with us so that maybe people who are in the process can see, oh, I'm this isn't working and this is why? What are some common mistakes you see with businesses? The most common mistake I see when it comes to SOPs is not having them. So frequently, people are just like hobbling things together. And I've seen six-figure, seven-figure businesses where they're missing huge, huge documents of SOPs that they should be using. You know, they might be running a launch, like a six-figure launch, and they don't have the process outlined. And it's like, how do we know where all these pieces are going to fit in without some kind of document outline or checklist, you know, with all of these different steps we need to take? And so you waste tons of time trying to repeat the last launch, but it would be so much easier if we just had a list of these things. That's the biggest mistake I see is not having things outlined. And it's so much easier if you start outlining these things and creating your SOPs when you start your business, when you're first growing. Because the more your business grows, the more you're going to have like all the complicated pieces and the harder it's going to be to start creating those SOPs. And it's going to be really time consuming if you get to the point where you're making $50,000, $100,000 a year or more and you don't have any of this stuff outlined. You're going to have to bring in help to get this done. And I've also found over time with my own experience is that if I do SOPs or like you said, a checklist, right? Something basic about what's going on in my business, that almost becomes your product. Because if you're selling a digital product online, like for example, I help people with launching podcasts. I hadn't had SOPs set up yet, so I couldn't actually outline to people what I was doing step-by-step step so they can replicate it. And it, like now I do, right? Because I have a course and stuff. But like there was a significant gap between how I could help people. But because I already did the SOPs, it was very easy for me to build a course or an ebook or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about using your SOPs kind of as a digital product. But I guess I do that too. You know, like I have a blog post that's all about a blog post checklist and the steps it takes. And yeah, that comes from the SOP I use for my own business and posting my blog posts. So, Yeah, I hadn't always thought about it until I actually had to sit down and like create an outline for my course. And then I was like, wow, I've never actually sat down and write out every single little piece, right? Because I know it in my head, but that doesn't mean someone's going to understand it fully. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you're going to remember every step either. Oh my God, no. <laughs> I forget <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> like, it, it's funny because when I was in corporate, I was so organized. And even like my home is really organized. But being a business owner is a whole nother fucking ball game. It is so challenging when you like have to put on this, these different personas to actually remember things that you would normally remember because you're just focusing on your job instead of every aspect of this business. Yeah, we're wearing so many different hats as CEOs or solopreneurs and whatever. 
it can be really overwhelming. And you add to that stuff like your mindset, your imposter syndrome, all the challenges we're facing. I mean, SOPs are just a lifesaver. Like you just don't have to worry about how do I get this piece of content done? Like you just open up your SOP, you follow the steps and you're done. Do you then take your SOPs and make them into like time blocking chunks or something like that? You know, write a blog post and you're like, okay, come up with the title, do the keyword search, like all these things, do those then become tasks that are sprinkled throughout the week? Or is it just a way to keep you organized? Like how in other ways do you use those SOPs? Yeah, for something like a blog post, since we're using that example, I break it down into sections because it's really overwhelming to go from start to finish with a blog post. That would take a long time and I don't have that much focus. So I might take the planning section of my SOP and have a block in my day. I'm going to plan this next blog post and do the research and all that. And then maybe one day I'd have a time block for writing it. And then one day for like scheduling it and marketing. And I can just kind of break it up that way to make it easier when it's something really big like that. But I do try to have like a time on my SOPs. So like how long this task is going to take me, because then I know, you know, how I can schedule it into my week. And it just helps me keep track of things and plan out how I'm going to do it. I know that you have a, you know, right, you do a lot of things, right? You have your blog posts, you have Instagram, you do a lot of Pinterest stuff, you have your Trello templates, all of that stuff. And I know you also have your organize your business one-on-one. So who is that for and how do you support entrepreneurs through organization? Yeah, so I'm starting a course suite. Um, Basically, I want to have courses that'll cover all the different parts of your business and help you DIY your own organization. So for people who don't really want to hire someone for this or they want a team member to do it for them, they'll have these mini courses that they can take and organize different aspects. So the first course we're starting with is Organize Your Business 101. It's mainly for, you know, side hustlers who want to go into a full business or newbie business owners or people in like maybe the first or second year who haven't quite got these pieces in place. They've just kind of accidentally grown a business. Now they need to work on that foundation. And so there's four basic steps. It's kind of a cycle that I use for organizing. So it's not just like a a one and done kind of thing. You need to continuously do this stuff. So the four steps are like auditing your business. You need to figure out where you are now so that we can make a plan to get to wherever we're going to go, which is the second step, which is making a plan, setting your goals, things like that. And then we're going to outline your processes. That's step three. And step four is setting up your systems. And so once you get that all done, you can start over, right? You get all those things foundational, you start growing your business more, and then you go back and you audit and see, okay, where am I now? How is this working? And you go through the steps again. I'm finding that the more that I replicate kind of a similar process of what you've outlined with this, the better my business actually functions. Because if you don't audit your business, you don't know what's working and what's not. If you don't set goals, right, you'll never make your mark. If you don't go through those processes, then that means you're like spending money on like things that maybe you don't need to, or like you're not finding the right tools. And then systems like kind of speaks for itself, but like automating shit. So basically you can kind of like kick back and watch the money come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Once you've got those pieces in place. It's so much easier to scale your business and just keep going from there. Yeah. 
So, you know, I know you have the Organize Your Business one-on-one and obviously a full suite of courses coming out, but so you also do templates. Like that's how I found you was like through your Trello templates. So what are some of the templates that you have that you would recommend for people who are listening, who are like, are overwhelmed with getting organized and just kind of need some help? Mm-hmm. I've actually got three free ones that anybody can get. The first one is called the Biz Dashboard, and it's just kind of a hub where you can keep all the information about your business. I found I was constantly looking for like my P.O. box. I couldn't remember the address for anything. So I stuck that on my dashboard and my hex code for my branding. I couldn't remember those stupid numbers. So I put those on my biz dashboard. And then anytime I need those things, I can quickly look them up and it just makes my life a little easier. The second board is the productivity planner. So it just kind of helps you set goals and then not just set them, but break them down into actionable steps. So goals are great, but we need to take the action to make those goals happen, right? So it'll help you break that down. And the third free board is your systems and processes board. And so we've already talked about the importance of processes, but you've also got your systems. You want to keep up with them, especially if you're paying for them. You may find a tool isn't really working for you and you want to get rid of it, but you accidentally pay for it again. We've got like those wasted subscriptions everybody's got. So it just kind of helps you keep track of some of those things and eliminate waste and streamline your business and make it a lot easier. And then I've got some paid ones for different things like client onboarding. I have one called a branding blueprint that's great for newbie business owners who are trying to build a brand. It's not just your logo and your colors, but you know your voice and finding your authentic self and all those good things too. So there's a lot of different ones people can choose from pick what fits their business and what needs they have. It's so great that you offer that for free because I know in my own experience too, Trello really is a phenomenal tool and it's helped my business significantly and I recommend it to anyone. So I appreciate the fact that you give those for free. And obviously if you're paid tools too that people can tap into, but I want to kind of wrap things up because I know you sprinkled in a lot of gold nuggets and I want people to go take action while it's still hot. But the final question that I like to ask every single guest is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? Oh, it's such a big question. There's like 47 things I would want to tell little Becky. Um, That girl needed a lot of help. I think what I would tell her, I would say, you know, stop listening to what everyone else is telling you. You know, I became an engineer. I pursued the corporate world because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And that's what everybody was doing. You know, you go to college, you climb the corporate ladder, And you make a ton of money and then you'll be happy. And none of those things made me happy. None of it aligned with who I was. So I had to relearn all that. So I just say, you know, trust yourself. You don't have to trust what other people are telling you. And take bold action instead of taking the safe path. Yeah, I love that. As someone who has quit corporate and said, fuck it to all that stuff, I like, it's been so great to just bet on yourself fully. There's nothing more liberating than choosing that. Yeah, liberating is a great word. It's so worth it. You know, it's a risk, but I would rather take a risk on myself than on anything else than on somebody else's business and a career with them. So absolutely. Yeah. So for people who want to get organized or maybe want to check you out and just kind of check out your templates and all that, where can they find you? Yeah, so the website's theorganizedceo.com. You can also find me on Instagram at theorganizedceo. And I'd be happy to connect with you guys. I love meeting other online business owners. It's been, even though I'm an introvert, it's been wonderful to have that 
opportunity to meet people. So drop by and say hi. Yeah. And I highly recommend you guys sign up for her newsletter. She's consistent as fuck. Every Wednesday comes out. I'm serious. I'm like, so like, honestly, I I need to get to that level because you are so on your shit, but I look forward to it every Wednesday getting that newsletter. It's always so like jam packed with information. Yeah. I'm not always on my shit, but I have set a goal (laughs) with my newsletter. I told myself I was going to be consistent and I'm sticking with it. So every Wednesday we do it. Nice. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you again for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure, Gabby. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.